it's not bad enough to quit, but it's not good enough to thrive. Welcome to the Freedom Nation podcast with Jeff Kickle. On this show, Jeff shares his expertise in financial and retirement planning from a different perspective. Planning for your Freedom Day, which is the first day that you wake up and have enough income or assets and do not have to go to work that day. Learn how to calculate what you need, how to generate income sources, and listen to interviews from others who've done it themselves. Get ready to experience your own Freedom Day. Hello, everybody. It's Jeff here once again with the Freedom Nation podcast. And I am super excited today to have Jonathan Green on the show. Jonathan is a multiple author, a ghostwriter, has written books for many people, and also an expert in digital marketing and really how to market yourself. I actually found out about Jonathan because I started reading his books on uh, Amazon. I found a couple of his books on Amazon, ended up buying a whole series of his books and truly have enjoyed it. So I'm really excited to share him with you. So Jonathan, welcome to the show, my friend. Oh, thank you for having me. I am so glad and bear with him folks, because it's like four o'clock in the morning where he lives. So we're, we're going to just ra- crank our way through this. So Jonathan, why don't we start off with your story? How did you get to where you're at today? Yeah, I was one of those people that dabbled in entrepreneurship without realizing it. And then when I lost my job in my early 30s, I just said, I don't want to go back. I don't want someone else to tell me what time to get up, what to wear, what to do, what to think. And then if they don't like it, they can take away all my money, my ability to pay for food and rent and medical bills and to take care of my kids. So I just never wanted to be that vulnerable to the whims of someone else's decisions ever again. Hmm. Makes sense. So I I know your history a little bit from your books, but you started in the the university world thinking that was going to be your dream job. How did you get into that and what ended up happening there? I've always ended up in teaching type positions. Even now I'm still doing teaching. So in college, my part-time job was tutoring. And from there, I went to teaching English as a foreign language, and I taught kindergarten all the way through college and even graduate school along the way. And I just kept going to higher and higher levels. And there's things I like about it, and I definitely had some adventures, but it definitely ran its course. It's repetitive, and that's the challenge. I always am amazed by teachers who every year teach the same thing over and over again. So they teach ninth grade 10 or 20 years in a row, that's an amazing ability to stay motivated and really do amazing things. But I just didn't have that in me. So I got Mm -hmm. after 10, that's why I kept jumping to different levels and trying to get high as I could in my career. And yeah, I thought this is what I want to do, but it just wasn't. I had peaked at 29. There was no other hire to go in my career. So getting fired really freed me more than anything else. Mm -hmm. So you went from that to what was really your first business out of the gate? And I know you were doing some of this while you were actually still teaching and had a a day job. So what was that next step afterwards for you? Yeah, as soon as I lost my job, I really went hardcore selling search engine optimizations to local businesses. So I started putting ads on Craigslist 
and I started getting clients within a couple of days. I got my first client within about four days. Hmm. And I then took that money and said, I better learn how to do search engine optimization because someone's paid me to do it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I've shared your story with my audience a couple of times. Sometimes you, you just do that. It's like, okay, you get the business and then, all right, well, let's find out the next step. And I loved what you talk about in the book about, hey, you charged a, a really low amount to start with, got the clients and then gave them a ton of value. And then you just kept increasing your prices as you went, as you gain more skill. Yeah. You have to pay a lot more money once I know what I'm doing. Yeah. But the very first few people, they really got just a killer discount and it's creates a sense of motivation because now instead of thinking I have to learn this so I can make money, you say I have to learn this so I don't have to give the money back. And there's nothing, I'm sure there's nothing worse than having to give someone their money back. Like reef, it's so much worse. So I always try to avoid that feeling. And it created a motivation in me because a lot of times we are waiting for some set of rules we've created in our minds that justify, okay, now I'm allowed to charge money. Yeah. And it holds us back and creates an action. And we end up in this chicken and the egg scenario where like, oh, I have to get a little bit more training. I have to be the best of the best. But we build up all this training, but we don't build up the skill of just asking for money and getting clients. And a lot of people never get that first client because they're always waiting for enough accomplishments that they feel like it's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you've shifted later on, you've shifted more into the writing side of things. What made that shift for you? And then how have you taken that to that next level? Yeah, at the time along the way, I was blogging and my blog just became really popular. So I had this huge blog that was making no money <laughs> and I had the SEO agency making money. So I had these two arms of my business and someone called me, a huge company called me and said, hey, we love your blog. Would you write a book for us, a direct response book? So I wrote this book with them called Girl Gets Ring. It was basically about how women can get their boyfriends to propose. Okay. And it sold one or two million copies, like a huge number of copies. Wow. And that really introduced me to the direct response world product creation. It's like, wow, you create something once and you just get paid over and I still get paid from it. So from there, I began to create products for people. And okay. I started a lot of people would approach me and said, oh, you made a product for them. Would you make a product for us? And I ended up having a lot of experiences that way. And for five or six years, that's how I made most of my money was okay. creating products for really big marketers with sometimes with my name on it some, most of the time without. And it just generated a lot of revenue. And then around 2015, five years in, I made a product about potty training. So I potty trained my kids and they never published it. They never released the product. And I said, hey, what if I take this, modify it into a book and throw it on Amazon? Is that cool? And they said, yeah, sure. Since they didn't mm release it. And it just became a massive hit. It was number one potty training book on Amazon for a full year. And it just showed me that type of book had some, had some legs too. There were some opportunities in that space. So I began to move into that direction. What's interesting is direct response books make a lot more money, but writing and ghostwriting books for Amazon pays a lot more money to the writer. So okay. I began to move and look for clients in that space instead. I still do work on a couple of books a year in that space. So I have always been product creator, a teacher, and I like the ability to have a lot of influence 
of a small amount because you can either have amplitude or frequency, which is you can either help a few people a lot, mm-hmm. like one-on-one coaching someone for 10 years, massive impact on one person, or yeah. a lot of people a little bit, which is a bunch of people read your book. And that's the one that I like the most. Yeah. Yeah. And I came to that realization myself with, I come from the financial services side and I can work with a certain number of clients there. You just run out of time. And as I started sharing the the concepts of Freedom Day, it was like, and I got it. I've got to start spreading this out farther through books and everything else because I can't influence enough people with just me one on one. Yeah, everyone has a different calling for what yeah. they're meant to be doing and what kind of motivates them and how they get their like feedback. And some people really love live interactions and love getting that feedback from the student. They can watch app in real time, and. That's why there's so many different ways of helping so many different people. Hmm. Yeah, it's amazing. So let's talk a little bit about, you've got multiple series of books that are out. One of the things that I've noticed is you've started to do some work in the artificial intelligence world, really teaching people on the artificial intelligence side. Tell me a little bit about what you're doing there and then where the direction of that's going to go. Yeah, artificial intelligence is the next big wave. It's the next big online gold rush. 20 years ago, 25 years ago, everyone knew they needed a website, but no one knew what a website should look like, what a website should cost, who should build your website. And when that happened, so many young people just said, oh, I'm a website designer. And they started building websites and getting paid thousands or tens of thousands of dollars. And it was a huge opportunity. A lot of those websites were great and a lot of them were terrible. If you look at like the old look of eBay's website or Amazon's website, a lot of companies are still around. Their old websites were so bad. We would never let someone have a website looks like that now. Hmm. And it, the same thing is happening now. Everyone knows they need artificial intelligence, but no one knows what that means. No one really has a sense of what does your company need? And the companies are spending massive amounts of money. Enterprise companies are spending tens of millions of dollars hiring consultants who know exactly the same thing that I do. Yeah, Everyone knows they need it, but they're not really sure what it means. And all of the AI companies have gotten together and said, what if we just provide no onboarding training, no instruction manual, no guidance. We just have a really powerful tool and we're like, hey, figure it out. Yeah. Because with ChatGB 3.5, we finally have an AI tool that's useful and it has the worst user experience of any website I've ever seen. <laughs> it's just terrible. Yeah. And they get away with it because the tool is so good. Yeah. And what's interesting is everyone else has copied them and said, we'll do the same thing. We'll give a bad user experience. It's almost like they're guilty of like price fixing or a cabal because they all got together and all agreed in a back room, which you're not supposed to do to all give their customers a bad experience. Hmm. And There's a huge opportunity in the market for the first AI company that decides to give a good onboarding experience, but none of them have so far. And there's about 10 or 12 big companies that have all joined forces and all said, well, no, we'll do the same thing. No training, no onboarding, no explanation of prompting, no, not even an explanation of terms. Hmm. There's not even a consistent name for when an AI goes insane. Some people call it dreaming. Some people call it drifting. Some people call it curving. We don't even have a name for that because they don't even give you a dictionary, let alone an instruction manual. So 
when I saw that, I just began to move in that direction because I saw the opportunity. I said, I can really figure this out mm-hmm. and I can then figure it out and then teach people a shorter way to do things, be the person who's creating the instruction manuals. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I totally agree with you. There's, I've literally been experimenting with ChatGPT and a couple of the others for just a little over a year now. I think I've probably just crested over a year. And I look back to how far I've come in that time period, but how far I took a course recently of utilizing it in the writing space. And it can't really write a book at this point well, but you can use it for a lot of the the initial portions of it. And it took just understanding how the prompting worked and how to teach it how this is what I want it to do. If you're trying to wing this on your own and you don't have anybody guiding you, it's a nightmare. And I think people get frustrated with it. Yeah, that's why those of us who use it think, oh, everyone's using AI, but actually like 90% of people are like, no way. Yeah. It's too hard. It's too overwhelming. I don't have time to learn a new language because you you hear, basically you have to learn a new programming language. A lot of people hear, you have to learn how to use AI in the same way as if I said, you have to learn Python. Hmm. They hear the exact same thing. And there's a lot of other AI teachers who perpetuate that because it makes it sound like they're smarter than they are yeah. and they can charge more than they could otherwise. But it's really not that hard once you understand the psychology of an AI. So yeah. I have this natural affinity and really I got started because a lot of people would say, oh, an AI, ChatGPT can do A, but it can't do B. It can do the beginning of a book, but it can't come up with an idea for a book. Or it can write an outline, but it can't write the actual book. Hmm. And what, every time someone gives a limitation, I bet I can get it to do it. Hmm. Now, some things are harder than others. And yeah. a lot of people are guilty of shortcutting it or lazy prompting. And we see that a lot on social media. We go, you can tell a post is by AI. And that's because the person wrote a really simple prompt. And... If you don't know the way AI is built, and the simplest thing is that it read the whole internet and the majority of the internet's bad. So if you just say to do something, most of its data set is bad. If you say, write me a blog post, most blog posts are bad. If you say, write me a book, most books are bad. If you look at the number of books that get uploaded to Amazon every single day, I think it's 3,000 books a day, 2,900 of them never get a single review. They don't get a single star, let alone a positive review. So like 90% of the books on Amazon have never had anyone buy them or leave a review. And that means their books are probably bad. Not all of them. Sure. There's some gems in there that no one's found, but that's probably means they have a bad cover. So no one's clicked on Mm -hmm. it. So that means that when you just weight everything equally based on quantity, not quality, you're going to get generic results. And that's what happens when people do lazy prompting and they don't know why they're getting that result. They just go, I guess that's what ChatGPT sounds like. I guess that's the best that it can do. So I'm going to copy and paste this to my social media. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I read it all the time, especially in the blog post world. You can tell something that somebody's put some thought into. And sometimes it's just, okay, this is the same garbage over and over that I've seen 20 or 30 times. It's just reading what 20 or 30 other terrible things have done in the past. So from your books and and what you're doing, what I know that's been your major focus. So what are some ways that you're helping people to leverage AI in your business and their businesses and their writing careers and all that? So the main thing is I teach people how to use AI to do things faster. 
Okay. And this is about idea testing more than anything else. Most people see someone successful and go, oh, their first idea worked. Yeah. And you talk to any successful person, they go, first idea? Are you crazy? They, we all say that like, oh, that band was an overnight success. And I remember this band, I think it was the Black Keys. People were like, wow, this band's an overnight success. And it was like their fourth album. Yeah. It's like, yeah, if you don't count the first, they were together for 10 years before they had a hit. It's like, yeah, if you don't count the first 10 years, I guess it's overnight. And we see that all the time. People even say that now about Taylor Swift, like, oh, she's an overnight success. It's like, she's on her like 13th album. Yeah. Like, that's a lot of nights that you're not counting. And we tend to do that, which is when someone succeeds, we tend to discount the struggle they took to get there. And then when we think about replicating, it means, oh, we go, I could never do that. They didn't struggle. And it's like, well, no, they definitely worked their way up. And mm -hmm. that's important. So I teach people how to work through ideas quickly because there's a thing called the sunk cost fallacy. This is why people are playing blackjack at three in the morning and doubling their bet going, I just have to earn my money back. They're not even trying to make a profit. They're trying to get back to zero. Like, I just want to get back to where I was when I started. <laughs> and they keep chasing, which is a bad decision. That's why it's called a sunk cost because you go, I don't, I'll keep throwing good money after bad. And this is done with time. Oh, I've worked on a project for six months. I haven't any money. I don't want to admit it was six months wasted. So I'll do three more months. Now it's nine months. It's even harder to admit you wasted nine months, not even 12 months. And we see this. We all have the friend who every year makes a little bit less than the previous year, but won't change their career, change anything about their business because it's not bad enough to quit, but it's not good enough to thrive. Yeah. The other the kind of corollary of this is that sometimes people double down on an idea before they tested it because they go, there's only one way to know if this is a good idea and I have to be ready for that. So they buy massive like they have a warehouse full of inventory before they sold a single unit or they spend tens of thousands of dollars on patents hmm. but they've never sold one and then they run out of money before they make a single widget to sell yeah the beauty is you can test an idea very quickly things that used to take me two months i can now do in a single day things that took yeah. months like three or four months now it takes a week that means that I don't have time to become emotionally invested. So first of all, there's no risk of me going, oh my gosh, I spent two hours on that. I don't want to admit I wasted two hours. It doesn't happen. So we don't trigger that emotional reflex in that short amount of time. And the other thing is, let's say I try 10 ideas this week. They each take two hours. That's 20 hours. That's only half my work week on ideas, hmm. which every one of them works. I can make another one. Maybe it's another book in a series or another similar idea within two hours. So the ability to go from idea to execution quickly using AI means that I don't have to double down until I know an idea is working and that I don't have to get emotionally invested until after it's succeeding. Yeah. Yeah. And I think more than anything, when people talk to me about AI and what's going to be the solution to everything, well, it's not necessarily the solution to everything, but it is exactly where you're going with. It's the ability to get things done extraordinarily fast test, basically sample the entire internet for ideas and determine, okay, these are ones that I can potentially move forward with and not waste all this time doing analysis and, and analysis paralysis at that point. Okay, boom. Now I have a concept. It should work. Now let me go forward with it. So I love that. Now you've got a, a book series on this and I believe you've got some training on it as well, correct? Yeah, I have several different courses for okay. different angles for people that want to build their own business or want to do SEO as a service. 
one of the cool things is that just like building websites for someone else, you could do SEO for someone. Now you can do AI for someone and say, hey, I'll help you accelerate your business. So I'll lower your costs. I'll increase how fast you do things. I'll decrease how much staff you need and how many software tools you need. And it's really a win. So it's the fastest way to get to a success as a consultant. Just like I started 10 years ago or 14 years ago, and it's the fastest way for small businesses to get help because one out of every two businesses is trying to implement AI right now and doesn't know what they're doing. Yeah. So the demand is so much higher than the supply of AI consultants and fractional AIOs. That's the space I'm in. And that's really what I help people to do is figure out how to do every process. Here's an SOP that you can follow step-by-step. Step, and here's a video of me teaching each SOP. Beautiful. I love it. Love it. Well, and you're the first one I've talked to that I think from all that I've seen from you, you've really, you've taken it down to the point of, okay, here's step-by-step step the way to do things from that perspective, which, like I said, I think everybody today, you see so many people that want to train you and I'm not completely convinced that they know what they're doing and they certainly don't really share a lot of their secret sauce, so to speak. And I, I think sometimes that just means that they don't necessarily have a secret sauce. They just want to maintain that hidden, whatever it is at that point. So I appreciate you sharing what you do and you share as much as you actually put behind the wall in training. Yeah. I think that a lot of people's strategy is to do the old religious strategy of can only, it has to be in Latin. And the only, you know, it's like lawyers, right? And that's why no one likes lawyers. They go, oh, we, I can only do things in Latin. It has to be a tricky language. Words don't mean what you think they mean. We have to use a, yeah. it's English, but the words don't mean what you think they mean. There's this word and then there's a legal definition. That word were completely different. And that makes you feel like on the outside, you go, oh, I have to pay a lot because this person knows a secret language. And that's how a lot of people approach AI. And I just, I don't like that. It's not really how I do business. I don't think it's a good way to do it. I don't think it has a lot of longevity as a business model. So I think that the real opportunity is, and it's a lot harder, is constant innovation. So mm. I spend a lot of time every week learning new skills, reshooting my lessons. Last week, I reshot, I think, six modules out of one of my courses that I'd shot two months ago. I have to redo them yeah. because things change. So there's good and bad about being in this space. And the good is I can, a lot of people want what I'm teaching. And the bad is I have to constantly update it so that they have the most current knowledge. Things change, people ask questions and that's okay because that's the space I like to be in. But it does mean that there are some requirements for people that say they do what I do. Hmm. And not everyone likes that part. Like they figure it out and then they just want to, in the, for a lot of things, right? You can teach people how to do, build a coaching program and then you can sell that method for 10 years. AI, yeah. you have to constantly update it because things change. There's updates all the time and things that really worked or two months ago and things that were impossible two months ago are impossible now. So you're constantly have to change so that when I go, this will never work. Now it works. I have to update that because otherwise I'm wrong. <laughs> Which is good. It's learning. That's the best part is it's learning and adapting itself. I laugh because the terminology, the, the things I do from the Freedom Day method standpoint are nothing necessarily new. It's just I sequenced them in a different way and I use a different language. And when I started using ChatGPT, literally I have one chat inside of ChatGPT that I believe is probably close to about 800,000 words at this point. And it's the only place I can go that if I need something created, I have to go to that one chat and say, okay, take all the information that we've discussed in this 800,000 words and give me some output 
of what I need. And, and I think that was probably the biggest and hardest learning for me is you have to teach it and then you have to go back. And I've tried to use like a different prompt and it's not able to find those other chats that we've had, which is interesting. Yeah. There is a firewall between each conversation you have so that if you start a new thread, it won't remember the previous one, Okay, which is good. If you ever get mad at ChatGPT, it's not going to hold a grudge because you can start a new conversation. Not saying that I have or have not said some horrible stuff to the AI when it's messed something up, but <laughs> that's why it's there. And it's a privacy concern thing, but there are ways now to yeah. extend its memory, but that's also its limitation is it can only remember so many words and then it won't remember the rest of the conversation, which is why it just works different than the way people work. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, cool. What's new in your world? What do you have coming up? So I've been working on some really big stuff in the art space. I had a breakthrough with mid journey. So for the past year, the biggest barrier in AI generated art, especially I've just had a revelation in the color book space is that it would constantly create grayscale, which means it's not really a color book because it's pre-grade in and it means you can't really use it. This is like, would drive me crazy because a year ago you could make okay stuff, but you get bad reviews because it just wasn't good enough. And it was impossible until two days ago. I finally figured out, cracked it two days ago, how to consistently generate something that only has black and white, no shading in it, and just looks okay. amazing. It has to do with a new prompt mid-journey released only two or three weeks ago. It didn't even exist. So okay. it's something in the alpha build. And that's what I've been working on for the past two days as a mini course just around that. Because once I had the breakthrough, I go, well, I got to turn this into a course because I figured it out first. Yeah. So that's what I've been working on for the past two days. God bless you, brother. Because I've just recently started using mid-journey and it can create some of the most amazing stuff and it can create some of the craziest crap that I've ever seen in my life. So if you figured out how to do that, especially for those of us that use some of that artwork and books and things like that, and I can imagine, I know you do stuff in the coloring book space, I can imagine how frustrating it was because it it just it can't, it couldn't figure that out. And it's good to know that they're moving in that direction. And I think MidJourney is still officially a beta, right? So this version is in alpha. So it's Midjourney 6 okay. in alpha right now. Eventually it will go to a regular release. But what they did with their release of their latest version, they go, hey, all of the prompts that used to work don't work anymore. And I was like, well, that's a fun start. So a lot of the methods I went, like, so the new method I found is actually really complicated to figure out because you have to reactivate an older version of Midjourney and merge it with the new version. So... I was just the first one who saw someone using it for something different. And I built on someone else's breakthrough okay. and went in a completely new direction. So just like everyone else, I follow other innovators and then someone sees something and then I go, wait a minute, I think I see a different angle here. Mm -hmm. And what the other problem was in the area of consistency, which is you could create color book images, but one would be really hard then one would be really easy. And that's another way to get a bunch of, upset customers. They go, well, some of these are too easy. Some are too hard. It's a Goldilocks and the three bears problem. So yeah, there's a lot of areas. Consistency has been solved. And I said, oh, wait, if I can solve consistency, I wonder if I can create consistent coloring books. And that is just part of the breakthrough. So that's where the seed came from. So I didn't figure out the consistency thing someone else did. And I built on top of their research. Nice. That's amazing. 
Well, very cool. I'm looking forward to that. Have you released that yet or is that still almost there? I made all the training okay. yesterday and today. And today I've just been working on the sales page and it's going to be available in the next couple of days. Brilliant. Going to put that out as quick as I can. Yeah. So is this something that part of your normal emails that you'll send out, this will be part of that? So for somebody yeah, that's interested in it, go to much, your website. Yeah, it's much more affordable than most of the things I do because it's a single problem, single solution as opposed to a whole business. And then it will just be included in some of my training programs. So I haven't figured out which one I'll put it into, but for people that have bought my more expensive program, they'll just get it. They get my updates and my cutting edge stuff. Mm-hmm. And it'll either be part of my membership or part of my AI freedom program. And then this is really just another entry point for people. And it's a place to put on some platforms, some marketplaces I'm in to just spread my reach. So more people can go, okay, I'll try one of Jonathan's small courses first to get a feel for what he teaches. Yeah, absolutely. Which I mean, that's the way you do it. So, well, let's, let's transition to the fast five questions. Let's do it. All right. So question number one, you wake up in the morning, business is gone. You have 500 bucks, laptop, computer, place to live, food and clothing. What are you going to do first? Have I forgotten everything I know or do I still have all of my knowledge? You still have all your knowledge. Yeah, I'm going to get copywriting clients. Like I'm going to go for that space. I'm going to go something services. It's either going to be copywriting services or ghostwriting services. I can find a client within one day for either of those things. Excellent. Perfect. Second one, what's the biggest business mistake you've ever made? Sure. ClickFunnels asked me to be the very first person to review their product. And I said, no, so I would have been the first person in the whole world that had a review and could have written blog posts about a keyword. That's probably worth millions of dollars now. Yep. And I said, no, it sounds like a dumb idea. <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> Third question. What is a book that you would recommend for our audience? Breakthrough Advertising is probably the best copywriting book ever written. It's from Eugene Schwartz. I think it's from the 60s. -hmm. And principles in it still hold true. And you can really learn copywriting. The thing about copywriting is that it's a technology agnostic skill. If the internet collapsed tomorrow and electricity was gone, you would still need marketing. You'd still need to Mm -hmm. write ads for your come to my store versus the other store, right? I sell the best baseball bat with nails hammered into it in town. So I need a poster showing that. So it's a skill that's really business proof. You need it for radio commercials. You need it for television commercials. You need it for advertising on social media. You need it for writing sales pages and emails and menus and everything in between. So it's the most valuable skill. It's a skill I wish I'd learned first in business before content yeah. creation. So I believe it's the most valuable skill you can learn. And that's my favorite book on it. I love it. It's amazing how many of us in the marketing world still look back to those books from the last hundred years. And some of those are the most useful because those guys didn't have any, they didn't have any other flair besides the ability to to type on a typewriter and that was it. But, you know, it's amazing how much they knew and understood about human reaction to words. Yeah. Back then you had to get someone to cut out the ad in a magazine, go to the bank and get a cashier's check. Then they had to go to the post office and you had to send your envelope inside of another envelope and with a return address envelope and a stamp on both of them. And then you would wait six weeks for your purchase to arrive. Mm -hmm. Nobody right now will go, will do that. Nobody will go to the post office and do all that effort and then wait six weeks for something to arrive. It just doesn't exist anymore. 
So they had to make people do something really hard. I, can, I don't even think yeah. you get someone to cut a page out of a magazine anymore, right? Like if you yeah. said, oh, you just have to print this out to get mm-hmm. the discount. People are like, oh, I'm not printing it. That sounds like a lot of work. I'm not hitting that button. So they had to do a lot more work. So the copywriting had to be a lot better. Yeah, absolutely. No, and I think it's, and what the funny thing is, the simpler it is, the better it is in most cases. Yeah. Cool. All right. What is a tool that you use in your business that you might recommend for our audience? So the best tool that I use is definitely chat GPT. And what I'll say is that if you're not using it, you're in trouble. Now there's a lot of really great alternatives that are free. So it doesn't have to be chat GPT. I'm a huge fan of perplexity for research. It's free and Open source AIs are probably the future. I don't think big companies, they have to come up with a steady flow of breakthroughs to stay ahead. Mm-hmm. The best free AI is not by a big company. It's by an open source team. And the answer changes every couple of days. A year mm-hmm. ago in the summer, these two really smart high scientists wrote a white paper showing that an open source company would never be able to make an AI that could beat a big budget company's AI. And two weeks later, an open source team beat ChatGPT 3.5. So they had to withdraw their paper. And in a great deal of embarrassment, because very rarely do you write something will never happen. And then it happens two weeks later. They had a bunch of mathematical proofs. The beauty of the open source world is that it puts a massive downward pressure on the price of AI. That's why ChatGPT paid is $20 a month. They can't go higher because people will just switch to the open source Open source hasn't consistently beaten ChatGPT4, but it eventually will. And that's why they have to release ChatGPT4.5 or ChatGPT5. Yeah. And eventually open source will catch up to that. So there are a lot of exciting things happening in the world. And I just say, start with the free one. You don't need to spend a lot of money. Your AI budget, if you're going hog wild, it's like $100 a month for every tool yeah. you could ever have. And that's if you're yeah. going absolutely crazy. Yeah. And that's if you're using it, the language models, the mid journeys and everything else. And that's if you're doing all different types of AI. Yeah, I agree with you. It's really not that expensive. And there's just so many amazing tools that are out there that are leveraging AI. Last question. What is your definition of freedom? It's the ability to do whatever you want without anyone else telling you what to do. So you can wake up in the morning and decide what time to get up. You decide what to wear. You decide what to work on. You decide all of those things. And you have that space where no one's saying, Hey, where are you? Why are you late to work? What do you do? All that stuff is gone. Hey, you can't wear that to work. Yeah. That's freedom for me. That is awesome. Jonathan, thank you so much for being on. If somebody's interested in learning a little bit about you or learning a little bit more about the services you provide, where's the best place to go? You can, go, you can Google serve no master. Every single search result is me, whether it's one of my social media profiles or one of my podcasts. Every result is me for the first 10 pages. So it's a hundred different things you can click on that are all me. And if you go to serve master.com forward slash gift, you can get a free copy of my bestseller chat GPT profits to really get a sense of my approach to AI. And obviously I'd love if you go to Amazon and pay full price for it. It's 25 bucks. But if you don't want to do that, you can get it for free and download it instantly. Yeah. Well, you'll hook them on all the rest of the books, bud. So I, I got to say, I'm a huge fan. I'm working my way through the Serve No Master series and it's been a joy. I, I always appreciate a writer who can write to where I feel like I know him. 
personally. So thank you for sharing so much of your life and, and not only that, but sharing your ideas and, and your expertise with the rest of the world. Well, thank you for being a reader and thank you for having me here and let me share some of my stories with your amazing audience. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And folks, we do these shows twice a week for you, Tuesdays and Thursdays. So make sure that you've either subscribed to the channel, give us an upvote, give us a comment, something to let us know that you're out there. And we will see you back here the very next time. Thank you for listening to the Freedom Nation podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and all the major channels. Wherever you're listening, please subscribe to the channel and leave a rating and review. If you have friends and family that could benefit from their own Freedom Day, please share with them. Finally, join Freedom Nation by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.